Eternal Health, episode number four. Listening to the Eternal Health Podcast, where we discuss God's great design for your life in body, mind, and spirit. Your host is Laura Rimmer, who's a plant based nutritionist, author, speaker, and health coach. Looking for yoga tips or the latest protein shake recommendations? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. If you're ready for no-nonsense, multi-layered health expertise, drawing on evidence-based nutrition and biblical principles, welcome to Eternal Health. For show notes and to download your free 5-minute Optimum Health Scorecard, please visit laurarimmer.com. Enjoy the show. So, a very big welcome back to the podcast today. If you haven't yet listened to episode three, last week's episode of Eternal Health, then I would really strongly um, advise you to go back and listen to that one because I had a great interview with one of the world's leading doctors in nutrition and plant-based diet. And get this, he has been systematically reversing disease, yes, reversing disease in his patients for almost 50 years, almost half a century which is phenomenal Um, everything from high blood pressure to heart disease to diabetes so that was a really informative interview he talks about a starch based high carbohydrate diet um, and why it's so good and why we shouldn't listen to all of the common wisdom that says that carbohydrates are bad for us that was episode three last week Now, in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about how to have systematic health in body, mind and spirit, because I've been talking about in the first three episodes and in the audio introduction to this podcast about how health is these three facets, body, mind and spirit. So I thought really before, you know, before I do too many episodes of this show, I should really clarify what I mean by that and why it's important to have these three things kind of sorted if you like and we really need to pay attention to all three of these areas of health in order to have integrated good health as a whole because really they are three separate systems that are integrated. I'm reading a book currently, a business book called Work the System by Sam Carpenter and it's really very enlightening. It's it's really um, teaching me stuff about how to implement better systems in my business. I'm finding it really quite challenging but exciting as well at the same time to look at focusing on systems and how different smaller processes and yeah systems create an overall machine so if you think of our health kind of like like a machine so think about your car a car has lots and lots of different systems within it doesn't it so it has the electrical system it has the engine it has the steering mechanism it has the what else does it have i'm not too great with cars but um you know, it's got the radio, it's got the dashboard. So there's lots and lots of different things going on. And all of those things working together will give you a car that's going to get you from A to B in comfort, in a safe way, yeah, in a smooth way. But here's the thing, the kind of danger point, if you like, that a lot of people make the mistake of doing in our day and age. We hear a lot, don't we, about holistic health, about health being everything is related and all the different things going on in our body, we should treat it as a whole mechanism. Now, in a way, 
there is truth to that because obviously our bodies, we've got one body and everything going on is related to everything else. But at the same time, we don't want to just treat it as a whole system. Okay, now what do I mean by that? And why do I say that? Well, because if you think about it again, like a car, when you take your car in for an MOT, so you know, your yearly kind of checkup servicing for your car, and you might get a report back saying that the engine is okay, but the tires need some attention. You might need a new set of tires or the tires are okay, but something else is wrong. So in that respect, we don't treat that car as one whole system and say, okay, we just need to upgrade the whole thing or the whole thing is fine. We break it down into individual facets, don't we? And we look at problem areas specifically. We don't treat the whole car as a, as a whole thing. We have to dig deeper than that. And it's exactly the same with our body. So what do we have within our body? We have our respiratory system, we have our digestive system. We wouldn't assume that because we have a breathing problem, say, so say you might be suffering with asthma or something like that, we wouldn't assume that that is going to affect digestion and we need to focus on digestion in order to get our breathing system better. Yes, everything is integrated, but it's good to pinpoint certain issues and focus on them individually. And it goes for the whole of our being as humans. So we're not just body. We have also a mind and a spirit. So I think we should um, we should start off really by, let's just define what I mean by body, mind and spirit. So we'll start with body. Now, body is the material aspect to your being, obviously. It's, you know, it's the thing that you can touch. It's the thing that gets you around from A to B. It's the functional side of you as a human. So it involves everything from your senses. So yeah, your five senses of touch, taste, smell, sight and hearing. It involves your nervous system, it involves your brain and all the different organs, so your heart, your lungs, your liver, your kidneys, your pancreas and all your cells, so every single individual cell with lots of things going on within those cells. It involves your digestive system, your immune system, your endocrine system, your respiratory system and all of these processes and things going on are made up of chemicals and enzymes and carbohydrates and proteins and fats. And in essence, our body is how we connect to the physical world. So the body is everything to do with physicality. Okay, let's move on to your mind. Now, your mind encompasses um, a lot of different things, really, and it's quite complex. So the word mind really can be interchanged with the word soul. So probably soul is a better way of explaining the facets of the mind. And here's why. Because your soul encompasses not only your conscious mind, which is your thinking and reasoning, but also your subconscious mind, which includes things like your beliefs, your attitudes, your worldview, memories from the past, and also emotions and feelings. So really, when we talk about the soul, it encompasses more than just rational, mental thinking and reasoning. It also includes the will. So your choices you make, your ability to choose one thing or an over another, your free choices. 
And your soul is connected to your body through your endocrine system and your nervous system and your immune system. So already you can see that between the body and the soul, we're very complex beings. And those two things are integrated, but they are separate in many ways, aren't they? Because if you think about it, your personality and say your worldview and your memories are very different things from your digestive system. So we're beginning to see that Yes, we as humans integrate as a whole, but there are separate systems going on. And they are systems as well, because it's obvious, um, maybe, well, maybe it's more obvious to think of our digestive system as a system, as the name suggests, but also things like your worldview, it would be easy for us to assume that we just have a worldview by... I don't know, it's just something we have and it's come from nowhere, it's just the way we are. But actually, there has been a process that has led you to come to that worldview. So, for example, you know, I'm a Christian and I hold a Christian worldview. I believe that we were born into sin through Adam, through the fall back in the Garden of Eden. And so all of us are born sinful. And it's only through a faith in Jesus Christ that he died on the cross as an atonement for our sins. So I believe that Jesus died on that cross for me um, and that actually my sins and my all the bad stuff that I've done when I've been angry with people all those evil deeds, um, I put Jesus on the cross by those deeds because we're told in the Bible in Romans the wages of sin is death. So I believe that. I believe it to be absolutely 100% true. And I also trust that I can't pay for my sins myself. There's nothing I can do to be good enough for a perfect, just and holy God who sits in heaven. Um, And so I'm not trying to, you know, make an atonement. Uh, I'm not trying to pay for my own sins. I'm not trying to make myself better into this perfect person in my own strength because I know I can't do it. I know that body, mind, and soul um, and spirit in my natural state is irredeemable. And that might sound harsh. Really, Laura? Oh, you must, you know, you must have really low self-esteem. No, no. You know, I used to have really high self-esteem. I used to have a very high opinion of myself um, until God showed me otherwise in his mercy. And so now I believe that I can't do anything that's going to be good enough in the sight of a holy God. But I trust that Jesus, the perfect man who was fully man, but also fully God, paid that price for me and all I have to do is accept that payment so it's kind of like I've been found guilty of a serious crime in a court of law and that fine is like millions and millions of pounds and I don't have the funds and Jesus steps in and says I'm going to pay it for Laura and I can either say uh okay thanks very much you know that's wonderful and I really am so grateful for that and you know who are you who is this person that's just paid my debt I want to get to know you and I want to thank you and be in a relationship with you that's what I've chosen to do or I can say no thanks I don't need your payment Um, I'll try and pay it off in installments on my own even though I'm never going to get there and I don't really want to have anything to do with you so that's yeah in a nutshell that's the Christian worldview and that's the view that I ascribe to and I didn't always have this belief I had a a very big change of mind so literally the word repent 
means a change of mind. So literally, I did a 180 on my whole worldview and changed um, in my mind. But that was very much um, connected to my spirit, but it also involved a real big change of my mental thoughts, processes, worldview, subconscious and conscious mind. So that's your soul and your mind. Let's move on now to spirit. So what is spirit? Because a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that soul and spirit are the same things. Well, that's not true. Um, we see in um, in the Bible, so Hebrews 4.12, for example, says that the Bible... So the word of God, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So what it's saying there in Hebrews is that when we read the word of God, word of, uh, you know, the Bible, it's got an ability to divide us soul and spirit. So it will divide our mind from our spirit. And that's certainly been my experience. As I read the Bible, really as a non-believer, I found myself feeling convicted by what I read and it was dividing my spirit and my soul. It was dividing my conscious and subconscious mind, my existing personality and subconscious beliefs and attitudes and worldview. And it was dividing that into the spiritual or dividing that from the spiritual nature, which was suddenly convicting me. Do you know what? Yeah, this is true. And there's something spiritual going on and you really need to... Um, look to Jesus for spiritual aliveness and wellness. And so what does spirit do or what does it provide within us as humans? Well, the spiritual aspect of your nature is all about meaning. So the meaning and purpose of your life, what are you here for? So irrespective of day-to-day -day things and your body and your mind, what is your purpose here on the planet as a human being? How do you make meaning of things? And our spirit gives us the ability to love God and love others. Without spirit, then we don't have any of that relational ability to love. So yeah, the spirit allows us to love God, love others. And um, it's through our spirit that we're able to have fellowship with the living God. And our spirit gives us a moral compass because the Bible says that God has written his moral code in our hearts. And that convicts our spirits if we, if we allow it to, if we're not consumed by worldly distractions and if we don't kind of shut it out. So let's just do a quick recap. So we've got our body, which is our functional and our physical aspect to our being. We've got our mind, which we can also call our soul, which is our, our will, our emotions, our personality, our conscious mind, our subconscious mind, our beliefs, attitudes, worldview, worldview memories, emotions and feelings. So all of that stuff. And then we've got our spirit, which is to do with purpose, meaning and love and a relationship with God and a love of others. Now, when it comes to having great health, we, we need to make sure that we get these three aspects to our being in the right order. There's an order in which things flow. And the trouble is that a lot of people will get this order wrong and then that will produce ill health. It will cause depression and, and kind of mental problems and it will cause us to have you know, not good spiritual health. So we really need to get this order right. And I'll tell you what that order is and why it needs to be in this order. So the order goes like this. 
our spirit directs our soul and then our soul directs our body. So therefore, our spiritual health has a really major impact on our mental health and emotional health. And then that in turn has a major impact on our physical health. So we really need to first focus on our spiritual health and then our mental health and then our physical health. And most people do it in the complete reverse. They focus on the physical. So if you experience physical symptoms of ill health in your body, which is usually the the most obvious barometer, so it's really obvious to see there's something wrong if you suffer with diabetes or cancer or if you're obese that's a really obvious sign that there's something wrong so things manifest um, probably first in well in our body or maybe that's the most obvious sign that we take notice of so people tend to focus on their bodies first so okay I just need to lose weight and then life will be good (laughs) and then they might focus on the mental side of things so if I just lose weight then I'll feel happier and my mental state will improve and I'll, I'll have happiness and joy and contentment and fulfillment and then they either neglect the spiritual side altogether or they then say, oh, and as kind of icing on the cake, I might go and, um, you know, do a bit of meditation for my spiritual health. And that's completely the wrong way around. And it's not going to produce the health that we all want in life. Now, in future episodes of this podcast, rest assured, we're going to be going into a lot of detail in each of the three areas. So I'm not going to just offload the whole lot um, of each of the aspects of health in this episode, and we'd be here for hours and hours. So I'm just going to give you a very high level overview of how to have good spiritual health, mental health, and bodily health. And then in future episodes, then we're going to dig a lot deeper into each of those three things. So how do we ensure that we have great spiritual health, which will then filter down to our mental health and bodily health? Well, in a nutshell, and this is where it gets really easy, but also really exclusive. We are in a day and age which basically says, pick any religion, any spirituality. You can have just a spirituality of kindness. You can basically pick any spirituality, any belief system, and you'll be fine. As long as you feel a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning in your life. And to be honest, like I would say the the number one spiritual prevailing um, attitude in our world certainly in in our western world and I see in this country anyway is do what feels good for you so you are the god of your own life your spiritual well-being lies in you being happy as long as you're happy all is well now that is actually whether we like it or not that is not true and that's a very dangerous path to be on because I don't know about you but I don't want to rely on myself um, for spiritual enlightenment because I'm whimsical. My things that make me happy change on a day-to-day basis. One day I might feel really happy going for a walk. The next day I might really not feel like a walk. I might just want to sit down and and relax. So yeah, so a small example, but as human beings, we are whimsical, we're flighty, we're inconsistent. So I don't want to depend on my own self for spiritual enlightenment. And yeah, I mean, I can think of loads of things over the years that have made me happy, but then I've done for a short period and then it's 
it's led to ultimate unfulfillment. You know, as a teenager, I used to be really, really into hip hop music and I was obsessed by it. I bought records, I DJed, I was really into it. But ultimately it left me cold. There was no real purpose and meaning in it. So I left that. And then in my 20s, I really got into salsa dancing. I loved salsa music. I did salsa lessons endlessly. I went to parties. I got really quite good at at, um, New York style, quite technical salsa dancing and cha-cha-cha dancing. And yeah, really, really enjoyed it for a number of years. But again, ultimately, it left me cold. There was no real sense of purpose, meaning in that. Now, for other people, I'm not a parent yet, but I'm I'm married. And for other people, it's it, or women I meet, especially if I can just get that husband, then I'm going to be fulfilled and happy and have meaning in my life. And then when they get that, they realize that's not the be all and end all. Other people, if I can just lose 20 pounds, other people, it will be if I just have children, or if I just have another child, if my child would just act in this certain way, if my child could just go go to university and get this job, you know, then I'll be fulfilled. And they attach all these extrinsic things to intrinsic spiritual fulfillment, which you're putting too much emphasis on those exterior things. And it's never going to bring you the fulfillment that you're looking for. So instead of looking to ourselves and just saying, let's just do what makes me happy, that's not going to work. What we need to do is we need to look at a perfect person outside of ourselves. And that person is Jesus. Quite simple. No one else is going to fit the bill, only Jesus. Jesus was the perfect man. He created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb, says the book of Psalms. He's, um, he knows you. He loves you. And either you have a relationship with him at the moment or you don't. Now, to be spiritually alive, you need to be in a relationship with Jesus. You need to be in that relationship with him. If you don't have a relationship with him, then to put it very, very bluntly, then at the moment you're spiritually dead. Now, this is a choice. You don't have to (laughs) remain spiritually dead. You can become spiritually alive by looking to Jesus, reading the Bible, finding out who he is and seeing that he came to earth as prophesied all the way through the Old Testament, thousands of years of prophecy, four eyewitness accounts in the Gospels, and loads of people have given their lives, martyred themselves for the testimony of Jesus Christ coming to earth as human being, but also fully God as this atonement for the sins of humanity. So if you accept that, accept him as your Lord, so the master over your life, your saviour, so he's going to save you and bring you into eternal life in the world to come after your death and coming king so yeah we will have there'll be a new creation when Jesus returns to the earth and if you accept that as not being wacky and you know out there if you accept that as being true which it completely is as you'll see if you read the bible and you read it in humility and ask the holy spirit of god to enlighten you in these things if you accept that boom, instantly, you're spiritually alive. You are born again. That's what it means when the Bible talks about being born again. So there's really no, when it comes to your spiritual health, there's no middle ground. You're either spiritually dead or you're spiritually alive. And so I really want to support you in your spiritual health. And 
I would advise you to go to my website, laurarimmer.com. Do take the optimum health scorecard assessment. It's a five minute assessment and it's got questions about all three aspects of health. So body, mind and spirit. But you'll see from the spiritual questions, you know, it will really, um, really get you exploring this stuff a bit further and I, I you know I really want to support you in this stuff so I'll be sending out information that's gonna gonna help you and guide you along this path of into spiritual health as well as physical and mental health as well so yeah just want to add that in now um, to say that I'm I'm here for you here to support you and you can always email me as well any questions so when you have good spiritual health when you're spiritually alive the thing that filters down from that is good mental health because we're told through the washing of the word in the Bible, um, then that will renew our minds. And I've got a couple of verses for you from 1 Timothy. So 1 Timothy 4, 7 to 9 says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, Godliness is a value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. So what that's saying is that, yeah, you know, we can train our physical body and that's of some value, but training of your spiritual life is of infinite value. So therefore, yeah, we need to put our spirituality right at the top of the pile, followed by our mental um, well-being. And that's improved by washing of the word, by reading the word of God, by training ourselves in godliness. That will renew our minds. That will give us a new mind. We know from neuroscience that there is neuroplasticity, which means that our minds, our brains can actually be rewired for godliness. They can either be rewired in a really bad way for bad habits, for something like, say, being more angry, for being an alcoholic, for being gluttonous, say, or they can be rewired to be more peaceful and more gentle and more loving. And isn't it true that many people are really affected by the stress that everyday life brings? And if chronic stress is left unchecked, if we haven't got a if we're not tapped into spiritual health, to being spiritually alive, then chronic stress can take its toll, can't it? And it will take its toll on our bodies as well as on our minds. And a strong, true faith in Jesus can really help us to cope with those stresses of everyday life that we experience and can enable the impact of that stress to be much less significant. So without any kind of strong personal faith in God, then our only option is really to resort to our own personal coping mechanisms, which often are things like addictions, eating, um, watching TV, maybe sports might be a slightly more positive one, but it's it's nothing that's really going to solve the problem of stress. And this behavior can further exacerbate the effects of stress on our physical health. So that's why it's, again, really important to have spirituality really feeding into the other areas of your life. And finally, in terms of physical health, then really that's where the least of our attention should be focused. And for many years, I had this wrong, the wrong way around. I was focused purely on my physical health, a little bit on my mental health and not much on my spiritual health. Whereas now I yeah I aim to put it completely the other way around so I spend much more time 
in prayer, reading God's word, in church, fellowshipping with other Christians, speaking to speaking to God and getting his direction in my life, seeking his wisdom, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. It's from Matthew's gospel. Um, and now, in, in all honesty, I experience much better mental well-being. Um, my moods are much more stable. I'm happy. I'm f- supremely fulfilled in life. I feel a real true sense of purpose. I'm able to weather the ups and downs in life. And I've got a complete sense of certainty as to what happens when I die. I know that, you know, I'll be with Jesus in in the life to come. So that's all good. And physically, yeah, I'm in great physical shape. And so, we, yeah, we really need to get this the right way around. So in, but in terms of, so what can we do to train ourselves physically? Well, we'll be looking at this in much more detail in, in lots of episodes in the future. And as I mentioned last week's episode, Dr. John McDougall gave us some insight into how to have better physical health. So focusing on a higher starch plant-based diet is a really good way to do that eating more vegetables and fruits and complex carbohydrates, lowering our refined oils and fats, lowering our meat and dairy products and processed foods. That's a simple, really easy way to have better health. Exercise and and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm not going to go into too much detail on all that stuff in this episode, but we will be in future episodes. So I'll leave it there for today and really the takeaways from this episode are we're an integrated system of body, mind and spirit but although we're integrated they are separate systems and we need to tend to each one of those areas of our health to have true optimum great health and although we need to focus on all three our spiritual health needs to be absolutely number one we need to be spiritually alive connected to the living God and then once that happens then that will filter down to our mental well-being and we have good mental health again by seeking God's wisdom and by having the peace that comes from knowing our living saviour Jesus and then from there then we focus on the spirit uh, on the physical side of things so diet exercise fresh air keeping well hydrated so that's the order we want to go in now if this concept is new to you like it was to me a few years ago then um then brilliant i'm glad that that you found this episode and i'm glad you've listened to it and i would say yeah just go away have a little think about it it might have pushed your buttons possibly in some some ways or you might be really relieved to hear that we need to get our strength from god rather than trying to do it all in our own strength so um so yeah have a think about it and as i say we'll be talking more about this in future episodes so i'm going to leave you with a final quote from the book of romans which addresses the fact that we are integrated beings of body mind and spirit so listen to this this is romans 12 1 to 2 Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, pleasing and perfect will.
Thanks so much for listening today. I look forward to speaking to you again on another episode of Eternal Health. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Eternal Health Podcast. Go to laurarimmer.com to download your free Optimum Health Scorecard and find out your current health score, plus tips, coaching, and training on how to get slim, healed, and energized. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and we'll catch you next time on Eternal Health.